0: Merry Christmas! Christmas. Can you tell I'm excited? (laughs) So we are in the midst of a five-message series on the Christmas story out of the Gospel of Luke. And so if you'd like to follow along, please turn to Luke chapter 2, verse 8 this morning. This morning we are just going to look at the messengers who have a message and how that message is even for us today. Then on Christmas Eve, two days from now, Tuesday night, 7 o'clock right here, we'll be looking at the recipients of that message, the shepherds, and their response to that message. And that will wrap up our Christmas series for the year. So don't forget, Tuesday night, 7 o'clock, our annual Christmas Eve candlelight service right here in the auditorium. We hope that that many of you can be with us that night. It's always a very, very special night. We have plenty of, of great worship music, singing the, the Christmas carols and even some of the new songs that we've been singing. Uh, and then we also just dive into the Word for a little bit. But we have you out of here at 8 o'clock every year. And those of you that have been at the Oasis for the last 10 years, you know that we quit right at 8 o'clock on Christmas Eve. Because we know that many of you, like us, you know, then you have something to go to on Christmas Eve or just want to go home and huddle in with your families and all of that. So uh, we're very sensitive to that. And we'll have you out of here at 8 o'clock on Tuesday night. Please look at this passage with me, beginning in Luke chapter 2, verse 8. Again, as we look at the messenger from God and then the messengers from God, and the message that they bring to the shepherds on the hillside. Luke 2, verse 8. Now there were shepherds nearby living out in the field, keeping guard over their flock at night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were absolutely terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. Listen carefully, for I proclaim to you good news. It brings great joy to all the people. Today your Savior is born in the city of David. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in strips of cloth and lying in a manger. Suddenly a vast heavenly army appeared with the angel praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among people with whom he is pleased. Let's first talk about the messenger here. We're not sure because the Bible doesn't say this is Gabriel. But in the context of the Gospel of Luke, it was Gabriel, the single angel that came both to Zechariah to announce the birth of his son, John the Baptist, and also it was Gabriel that came to Mary to announce to Mary. So it would seem, you know, fitting that this is probably Gabriel, but we don't know for sure. What we do know is this. The angel appears to these shepherds who are just busy doing what shepherds are supposed to be doing. They're guarding the flock at night, you see. And then the Bible says, an angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them. This is what I like to call an aha moment. (laughs) This is a moment that everything from here on out, as far as the shepherds were concerned their life, was going to change. It was like after this happened, their life and, and the way they looked at life and the way they navigated life and the way they did life was all going to change after this. There's usually a few aha moments all of us have in our life where something happens so dramatically, so unexpectedly, so suddenly, we don't even see it coming like the shepherds. They were just minding their own business, shall we say, out there keeping guard over the sheep. And yet the angel of God is sent, and he's suddenly and very unexpectedly standing in front of them, announcing to them this message. And notice something here. The Bible says the glory of the Lord was literally illuminating the night around them so that in a sense, darkness all of a sudden became day, if you will. That night became light. And the majesty and the splendor and the the visible manifestation of the greatness of God was literally lighting up that hillside. How we can apply that to our lives is this. We're talking through the Gospel of Luke also about applying it to being a servant of the Lord. And obviously messengers of God, angels, are servants of the Lord. When he asks them to do something, they obviously do it. They they, they listen to the voice of God, and, and they're actually happy to do it, and They never, you know, fight with God about doing his will like we do sometimes. But the angel comes from the very presence of God and because the angel has been with God and been in his presence, he literally carries the light of God with him. That's important for us too. Because though we may not physically come from the presence of God yet, because we don't live in heaven like the angels do with God yet, yet we are invited as believers in Jesus Christ to come into the presence of God and literally approach the very throne of grace that God sits on. And that you and I, in a spiritual way, can be in the presence of God in our everyday lives. And when you and I live out of that presence, we then can more ably carry the light of God with us into this dark world wherever we go. And people can actually sense that we have been in the presence of God because like the angel, in a sense, we can carry it by our very countenance and by the way we look and by the expression on our face and all of that, it can be seen that we have been with God. And maybe they, do, they don't, can't even articulate it that way. Maybe they don't even believe in God or anything like that. But they notice that there's something different about us when we've spent time with God. Amen. Think of Moses. Moses went up to the mountain and received the commandments from the Lord. And the Bible says when he came down from the mountain, the Israelites all saw that his face literally shined and that there was something uh, uh, different about the very countenance of Moses. And they knew that he had been with God. You and I may not be able to approach him physically yet, but we can approach him spiritually in a way that changes our countenance just like the angel brought the light of God to these shepherds on that hillside. And the Bible says they were absolutely terrified, and we would be too. You and I don't expect to just visibly have an angel appear in front of us, and if it happened even right now, we'd probably be a little taken back by it. You know, it's not something that happens every day. An angel appears in visible form in front of us. So I get their fear, but I want you to notice, beginning in verse 10, that the angel's message to the shepherds can be applied to our life as well. And both this angel and then the heavenly army of angels, the message that they bring is a message that is for us, not just for the shepherds. It's a message that speaks of fearlessness, joy, salvation, and peace. And you'll notice then, beginning in verse 10, the first message from this angel to them is, do not be afraid. Don't run away, shepherds. I want you to hear this message that God has given me to share and to declare to you. Literally, the angel is saying to them, stop being afraid. That's a message you and I still need to hear and receive from God today. God does not want his people to live in fear. In fact, Jesus came to separate us from our fears so that we could live in security with him and not live our life always bound up with fear and living in fear rather than living by faith. I will say here today that probably in an audience this size, we probably have a few people here today that you have come here today and your life is gripped by fear. That maybe you're struggling with fear right now and anxiety and worry and, and, it, and it's got the best of you. You need to hear God say to you today, not a message that was just relevant 2,000 years ago, but a message that is just as relevant today. God is saying to you, you don't need to be afraid. My son Jesus was sent here to separate you from your fear and to give you faith to believe and trust in me, your creator God, and the one who wants to save you and give you peace and give you joy, and he wants you to stop being afraid. Amen. In the Christmas classic, at least I think of it that way, Charlie Brown Christmas. (laughs) I love that little Charles Schultz cartoon. And something that I was reminded of this year as I was even preparing for this is there's something very significant. If you don't know it or not, Charles Schultz was a Christian. He was a believer in Jesus Christ. In fact, when the network came to him, and asked him to do this. It wasn't him who was going to the network. The network came to him and asked him to do this. One of the things he said was, well, if I do this, there's going to be a part in this that's going to have scripture and it's going to be taken from the Bible. And they pushed back at first, but Charles Schultz says, if you won't allow me to do this, then I'm not going to do it. And so the network relented. And if you are familiar with the, little cartoon or not, you know the part I'm talking about where towards the end, Charlie Brown is exasperated. He's like, tell me, can somebody tell me what Christmas is all about? And Linus with his little blankie comes out to the middle of the stage and, you know, the the light shines on him and he begins to recite Luke chapter 2 beginning at verse 8. And if you've ever noticed, when he gets to the place where... He says, fear not or do not be afraid that the thing that is associated with Linus, that security blanket, he drops it at that point and it falls to the ground. And Charles Schultz said, I did that because I wanted people to see that Jesus came to earth to separate us from our fears Because just like Linus, a lot of us go through life with our little security blanket. And God is saying to all of us, you don't need a blanket to make you feel secure. You've got the God of the universe to make you feel secure. (laughs) I created you. I loved you. I want to save you. I've got a great plan and purpose for your life. I want to spend eternity with you. There is no reason... To live one more moment of your life in fear. Trust me, God is saying. Believe in me. Put your faith in me. Because anything else and anyone else that we try to put our security and safety and all of that in, they're not 100% guaranteed. There's nothing of earth that is 100% guaranteed. Nothing. There is no other human being that you and I can put our trust in totally and think that that at some point in our life they're not going to let us down or we're not going to be disappointed but when you and I put our total trust and rest fully in trusting God we will never be disappointed that we have trusted him because he will never let us down he will never leave us he will never forsake us and so God is saying to us today even from 2,000 years ago at Christmas time stop being afraid. Then he goes on in verse 10 to say, For I proclaim to you good news that brings great joy to all the people. First of all, notice at the end of verse 10, again, that this message from the angel to the shepherds was not just for them, and it was not just for people back then. It is to all the people, all of all time. So it is just as relevant for us today to hear this message from God sent through the angel as it was for the shepherds on the hillside. It is to all the people. But the second part of the message is not simply to stop being afraid. It is that I'm bringing you this good news that will result in you being filled with great joy. Remember last week we'd been singing this song, Noel. Noel. And one of the popular carols that is sung during this time of year is the first Noel. And a lot of times, even as Christians, we sing songs that have words in them that we don't even know really what the words mean. Well, the best biblical definition of the word Noel is found in Luke chapter 2, verse 10. It is the phrase, good news that brings great joy. If you want to know from here on out, what does the word Noel mean? That's what it means. I am singing Noel, good news that brings great joy. Because the angel is saying, God doesn't just want us to stop being afraid in our life. God wants us to experience this joy that can only come from him. And it's not just, you know, A mild joy. It is a great joy. It is an overflowing joy. It is an abounding joy. It is a joy that is independent of the circumstances of our life. It is a joy that can endure any circumstance of our life. It is this deep sense of well-being that can only come to us when you and I have a personal relationship and trust in God? Do you have and are you living with that great joy today? Because that's the kind of joy that God wants to bring. And not a worldly happiness because happiness in this world is dependent upon our circumstances. When things are going well, people are happy. When things aren't going well, they're sad, they're depressed, they're discouraged. You see, the joy that God can develop and build and and put into our lives is a joy that is totally independent of our circumstances because it is a joy that is supernaturally produced by the presence of the Holy Spirit who lives within believers in Jesus Christ that goes beyond anything that you and I can try to comprehend or wrap our minds around. We can have joy even when nobody else is having joy. We can have joy at times when people will go, how can you have joy? Because our joy is based on God and on having a relationship with Him and, and believing in His promises. And knowing that no one else and and no circumstance that I will ever go through is going to define me or defeat me, that we are more than conquerors through him who loves us. And therefore we can have joy even in the midst of trials and tribulations and tragedies because we know in the end God's got this and he's got us and he's got a plan for it all and even God can take terrible things that happen to us or happen to others and he can work out good for those who love him. That's why we can have joy. So I ask you today as I asked about fear are there those of you today that have and are experiencing this deep down sense of well-being in your life right now because that is what really Christmas is all about it's not just about not being afraid throughout our life it's also about experiencing and living with this great joy that this good news about this baby being born 2,000 years ago will bring. So, stop being afraid. Experienced great joy, but he doesn't stop there. Notice he writes then in verse 11, Today, your Savior is born in the city of David. He is Christ the Lord. Let's talk about this Savior because that's really the third important element of the message of the messenger from God. Not only to not live in fear and to experience joy, but it all starts with experiencing salvation. Being saved, a Savior. And so many even people today hear that and go, what's God saving me from? What do I need saved for? Well, the Bible teaches us that when we are born, we are born into sin. And that our sin sets us at enmity with God. You and I cannot have a close personal connection with God because of our sin. Our sin separates us from a holy God. So in order to remedy that, God sent his own son to be our savior, to be that sacrifice that would one day not only be born in Bethlehem, but would grow up and have a a three-long-year ministry on this earth, teaching people the ways and, and how to walk and worship God. And he would ultimately go to the cross And shed his blood and offer himself as the perfect sacrifice for our sin because he who knew no sin was made sin for us so that we could become the righteousness of God in him. And you know the grace of God, Paul says, that though he was rich, he became poor for our sake so that through his poverty we might become rich. And the Bible says that salvation happens when you and I, each of us, individually and very personally, is willing to receive the free gift of salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And Jesus has declared himself during his his time on earth, I am the Son of God. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. I am the Savior of the world. In fact, that's part of the reason why he was nailed to the cross. But Jesus is offering himself as our Savior because the Bible teaches, I can't save myself. I can never be good enough. I can never do enough good works. I can never be in a place on my own where I can merit a close personal connection with God. Only Jesus, the one who is the one mediator between God and men, only he can provide that connection. There is salvation in no other name, Peter says, by where we must be saved than the name of Jesus Christ. He's it. He's our Savior. And and God, through the coming of Jesus, is offering all of us here today salvation not only from the penalty of our sin, but also from the power of our sin and one day from the very presence of our sin so that we can spend an eternity in glory in heaven with him. And Jesus is saying, will you accept my salvation? Will you accept me as your Savior? I hope every person here in this auditorium that can hear my voice this morning that there's been a time in your life where you said yes to Jesus Christ and where you receive that gift, that free gift that cannot be earned simply by believing and placing your personal faith and trust in Jesus. That's the only reason Jeff Royce is going to heaven. I'm not going to heaven because I'm a pastor. I'm not going to heaven because I'm good enough. I'm not going to heaven because I did enough good works in my life or anything else. The only reason Jeff Royce is going to heaven is the same reason all of us are going to heaven. It's because there was a time in my life where I recognized that I was a sinner before God, and the only way I could ever be saved was through the precious blood of Jesus Christ. And I cried out to God, God, save me through the blood of your son Jesus. And that's why Jeff Royce is going to heaven. That's why any of us are going to heaven. And so I ask you again today, has there been that time in your life? Are you saved? If you were to die today, today, if you were to die tonight, do you know for sure you're going to heaven when you die? Because notice what the message of the angels says. Very important, the first word of verse 11, Today. He's saying, now. Now is the acceptable time, Paul even said to the Corinthians. Now is the day of your salvation. You don't need to put it off. It's not something to procrastinate about and put off. If you know that you're in need of salvation, then what better time to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord than around Christmas time? You, you could be celebrating Christmas like never before because this could be the first Christmas that you're celebrating where Jesus Christ, the Christ of Christmas, came into your heart and to your life and that you wake up on Christmas morning with a whole different outlook, a whole different mindset because you now personally know the Christ of Christmas and you know your sins are forgiven. And so I tell you today, now is the time. Don't put it off. Accept Jesus Christ today. Because I truly believe that for some of you, if you're here today and you're hearing this and you go out into eternity without Christ, I firmly believe that you will remember this day. You will remember December the 22nd, 2019 at the Oasis Church that you were there, that you heard the good news that brings great joy, that you were offered it, that that you were encouraged to accept Christ, but you walked out those doors and you said, nope, not yet, or not now, or maybe some other time. Don't delay. Today, your Savior has been born and he wants to be born in your heart and in your life today and he wants to come in and he wants to save you, not just so that your sins can be forgiven, but so that you and I can have the closest possible connection and fellowship uh, and and closeness with God that we can have because anything that separates us and and keeps uh, keeps us at a distance from God has now been removed. All the obstacles have been removed between you and God, and now you and God can get as close as possible. But this Savior, part of the message, isn't just about that one time that you and I accept Christ as our Savior. Let's not forget that as Christians. Because there's also the idea that though He saves us once when we accept Him from the penalty of our sin, that as Christians, we still don't stop sinning, do we, after we become a Christian? No. No. We spend our whole lifetime trying to overcome the power of sin that dwells within us. And so we not only need to be saved once, and that's all you need to be saved from the penalty of sin by calling upon Christ as your Savior, but all of us need sort of daily, weekly, monthly, yearly rescue and deliverance from the power that sin has over us. And all of us here today, we have our struggles, our our, what the Bible calls our easily besetting sins, the things that keep tripping us up and we keep the areas of our life that we keep failing in and falling down in. And so though we only need to call on Jesus to save us from the penalty of our sin once, as Christians, we need to call on Jesus every moment of the day to save us and deliver us and rescue us from the power that sin has in our lives. And Jesus is offering that message to us today as well, saying, look, whatever you're struggling with right now, whether it's fear or something else, do you not realize that I can deliver you from that? I can rescue from that? I I I can save you from that? You don't need to be gripped by that. You don't need to live another day in depression and discouragement. You don't need to live another day in fear and and anxiety and worry because Jesus came not only to save us from our sins as far as forgiving us of our sins, he came to rescue and deliver us from the power that our sin has over us. Whether they're emotional things or physical things or spiritual things in our life, Jesus is our rescuer. Jesus is our deliverer. Jesus is our Savior, and he can come into even the life of any Christian at any time, and he can deliver us, and he can save us, and he can rescue us. And I stand before you as your pastor as a testimony to not only the fact that Jesus can save us from our sin and from the penalty of our sin, but that Jesus has enough power as the Son of God to deliver and rescue us from the power of sin in our life. Will you receive him as your Savior today? But then notice this. Verse 12 the angel says, This will be a sign for you, a distinguishing mark that will enable you all, as shepherds, to find the baby. You will find this baby wrapped in strips of cloth, which we said is not so unusual. But what would be an unusual sign is that this little baby was going to be lying in the feeding trough built for animals. Yeah, that's p- pretty distinguishing. There are not going to be too many babies lying in a feeding trough at that particular time in this little town called Bethlehem. Why is that significant? Why did the angel give the shepherds this sign? Because God wants to be found. God's not hiding. God is telling people who are really interested in finding him, here's how you find him. This is where you find him. And anybody that would have been at all interested in finding God at that point was going to find it. And the same thing is true today. You really want to find God? you really want to know God, you really want to have a personal relationship with God, you want to have a closer connection with God, even as a follower of God, God is not hard to find. He is very near. And all it takes is one step towards him from us. The Bible says, draw near to God and he will what? Draw near to you. And so the angel's message is, I'm not just telling you stop being afraid and living it, with great joy and, and allow God to save you and rescue you and deliver you, but you don't know where to find him. No, no, he's right here. And, and my friends, he is right here today. Amen. This same God is right here in this auditorium today. All he's looking for is a heart that is ready to receive him into their life and open up your life to Him, He will come in. Whosoever will call on the name of the Lord will be saved. Whosoever. To all people. God is not a God of exclusion here. God is saying, Whoever is willing to let me come in, I'm there. He wants to be found. But then notice this as the angel talks about this little baby in this manger. Then, again, very suddenly and unexpectedly, there's not only one angel there. Now the Bible tells us all of a sudden there's a vast heavenly army of angels surrounding these shepherds on that hillside. Why would God send an army of angels in connection with the birth of this little baby? Well, I think there's several good reasons. One, it is a reminder that ever since this baby was born, Jesus, the Son of God, there's been an intense spiritual battle on this earth. You see, the birth of Jesus Christ and, and the Son of God coming to earth really created a, a spiritual battlefield, if you will. And the, Heavenly army of angels reminds us of that. This little baby, because he was not just any baby, he was the son of God who came to earth, oh my, a battle was going to ensue. A battle over our own souls as human beings. A battle that not only started 2,000 years ago when he came, but a battle that still rages today because even here in this auditorium today, there are spiritual battles going on right now. And there are those... Entities that we can't see but are right here with us that are literally trying to keep you from surrendering your life to Christ. Your soul is a battlefield right now. And even for those of us who are Christians, even we are in a battle sometimes of whether to truly surrender and and trust in the Lord or not. And so there's this internal battle that though maybe we can't externally see the battles that's going on right now, those battles are happening And the presence of that heavenly army is reminding us of the battle for the souls of men through the person of Jesus Christ. And that there will always be a battle, if you will, to experience the peace that God offers us through his son Jesus notice as the message continues then from this vast heavenly army they begin to worship God they begin to praise God and sing and celebrate him and say glory to God in the highest the most high God why are these angels breaking out in worship of God because they've seen Jesus the eternal son of God being worshiped and and celebrated and exalted throughout their creation in heaven and now they see the second person of the trinity of god god himself literally humbling himself and condescending and stooping down to mankind and coming now in the form of a human being to earth as a little baby how unbelievable is that And all they can do is worship a God that is willing to love people so much that that God is willing to go to any extent, including humbling himself to the point of being birthed as a baby to come and express the love that God has for us. And all they can do is say, glory to you, God. There is no other God like you. But then their message continues. And here's what they say. Very important word. Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among people with whom he is pleased. The worship of the angels is very instructive here. First of all, like being fearless and being filled with joy and and receiving rescue and deliverance and salvation, the last main message of the angels here is God wants us to experience peace. So again, my question to all of us today is, are we living in that peace and with that peace? What does peace mean? It means to to have that wholeness and that complete soundness in my life, to have that inner sense of tranquility that even again, if everything around me is sort of, you know, a, a little bit of a tempest, that inside there's an inner calm that only God can bring. His peace, But why I say the worship of the angels is instructive is because notice that one must first acknowledge God and be in alignment with God before we can experience his peace. Glory to God in the highest. We get that right? Then we can set ourselves up to begin to experience the peace that he has among people with whom he is pleased. And so many people today want to experience and, and have the peace of God without being at peace with God. And what the angels are saying, and this is why they add the phrase, with whom he is pleased. Well, how can I please God if you said earlier, Pastor Jeff, that we can't do enough or, or ever say enough or be enough to be able to merit being Good enough to connect with God online. Then, how can I please God? By receiving His Son Jesus, <laughs> by receiving the free gift that God offers all of us. That's how we please God. He sent His own Son to this earth. Jesus does it all for us. All we have to do is, in a sense, unwrap the gift. And can you imagine how insulting it is for the Heavenly Father? to say, I parted with my son. I allowed him to come as a human being. I allowed you to murder him on a cross, to treat him so horribly, to reject him, to abuse him, to go through all that. And you say, nope, don't want that gift. Could you imagine if we did that as a human being in some way how we would feel? If somehow as a parent or a grandparent or even a, you had a, a friend that you truly loved, and you allow them to go out and sacrifice their life for somebody else and say, this is my gift to you, and that person said, sorry, I'm not interested in that. I don't want it. That's what human beings have done for the last 2,000 years with the greatest gift they could ever receive, is how many say, no, God, sorry, I'll I'll do life my way. I'll keep trying to save myself. I'll, te- I'll keep trying to experience joy and peace and all of that apart from you. And that's our choice. God gives us that choice. But God is simply saying to us, you realize that's a futile effort because none of us will be able to totally live in fearlessness. None of us as human beings will be able to experience the joy that only God can bring. None of us will be able to experience the peace that only aligning our lives with God can bring, and none of us can save ourselves apart from Jesus Christ. If we don't come God's way, then we can't experience any of it. But when we have Jesus, we can experience all of it. Because Jesus came to give it all to us. Every good and every perfect thing. You see, Jesus Christ came to be the atoning satisfying sacrifice for our sins, John tells us in 1 John 2, 2. And that's exactly what the word pleased means here in verse 14 of Luke 2. It means among people with whom God is satisfied. How can God be satisfied? When we are satisfied with the gift of Jesus Christ and his sacrifice on the cross. When we say, that's for me, that's how we please God. And when we receive that, we also receive his peace, we receive salvation, we receive joy, and we receive the ability to live our life fearlessly because of him. So when you think about what's Christmas all about, This is what Christmas is all about. And none of us, none of us has to leave here today without a Savior. None of us has to leave here today continuing to live in fear. None of us here today has to leave here not being filled with joy. And none of us has to leave here today not experiencing a peace that passes all understanding. When you and I are at peace with God, then and only then can we be and experience the peace of God. And it doesn't take too long to look around in our own families, at work, at school, in our own communities, in our own state, in our own country, and around the world to see most people, most people, are not at peace. Most people are not experiencing joy. Most people are living in fear because most people have rejected the greatest gift that we could ever receive, the gift that came at Christmas 2,000 years ago, the gift that was Christmas 2,000 years ago, the gift of Jesus Christ. Would you stand with me and let's pray. God, I pray today for each and every one of us in this room that, God, we would open up our hearts to you, that we would realize, God, that you came for us. You didn't just come for the masses. You came for each and every one of us as individuals. You came for us personally. God, you're not only our Savior, you're our creator. And you created us, God, to have a Close, intimate, personal relationship with you. But God, the only way that can happen is if we recognize our need of a Savior. And the only Savior that we could ever have is Jesus Christ. There is no other Savior. And so I pray today, God, that in December of 2019, right here in the state of Arizona, in the town of Gilbert, at the Oasis Church, that every last person here would open up their heart and their life to Jesus Christ like never before. And that God, Christmas this year might be more special than maybe it's ever been before in our lives because we truly are experiencing the wonder and all of what Christmas and your coming to this earth was all about. And it wasn't just for everybody else. It was for you and I. It was for each of us. So, God, may we praise you and worship you now as we invite you into our lives. These things we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.